Welcome to C3 Belconnen. We hope you enjoy our latest Sunday message. Hey, what a great passage of scripture there in Ephesians chapter 1. It is quite remarkable. In fact, Ephesians as a book uh, is one of the best of the New Testament, uh, I think. And we're going to unpack most of it um, over the rest of this month in this series, New Normal. Now, that is deliberately uh, provocative because I know that's a phrase that's been used a lot this year. And uh, if you're like me, you're probably coming to hate it because you don't like the idea of a new normal. We want our old normal. That's what we want to uh, go back to. And, uh, but it's a, it's a challenging phrase. It's one that's been bandied around a, a lot this year. And I think it's actually a great uh, summation for this series because what we're talking about is what it means ultimately to live out a life, life of faith in Jesus Christ. And that is a brand new normal. I guess the key thought amongst all of this, this whole series could be summed up in the thought that Christ is not an addition to our lives, uh, but in him we are brand new creations. That a life of faith in Jesus Christ is, is not just a, an upgrade, it's not just an update. It's not like adding Jesus as an app to our device. Uh, instead, we actually step into a whole new way of doing life. This letter to the Ephesians is actually a letter to numerous churches and, and we can really well consider it a letter to the church to this very day. It covers an incredible perspective of what it means to live out a life of faith in Christ. Ultimately, what it tells us is uh, that in Christ, there is a new life that we have as followers of his, that, that through Christ, God is creating a, a new people, a new society, a new community, that there are new standards, a new pattern and way of behaving, relating towards each other uh, because of what Jesus Christ has done in our lives. So new normal is actually a really good way of encapsulating all of this. Today, we're going to start out just in Ephesians chapter one there and look at what is happening in our lives as we are transformed by Jesus Christ as we come into relationship with him. Um, one of the things I love about this passage in Ephesians is the, the repetitiveness of this phrase, in Christ, or it might be uh, in the New Living we're looking at, it, it might sometimes come up as united in Christ or, or reconciled with Christ, that through Jesus Christ, in him, uh, we find our brand new nature. We are awakened to a whole new way of living. The other thing I love about Ephesians is the pictures of who we are as the followers of Jesus. We are described as, a, as his body. We are described as being united in him. We are something that God is building, putting together. We are part of God's family. We are, we're even described as those who are in battle, as soldiers who are putting on the armor of Christ. We are brought to life in him. We are blessed in him. We are joined together in him. We have oneness and peace in him. Uh, we are aligned and fitted together. Uh, we have the example of Christ. We are submitted to Christ. We are secure in Christ. In Jesus, we have everything. And in fact, that's the way this passage uh, starts. It's the first bit I want to focus in on. Verse 3 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms because... We are united in, with Christ or because we are in Christ. We have every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. That seems like a really big idea. And this verse, verse 3, 
in the original language, it's the start of what's broken down from verse 3 to 14, 11 verses uh, in your Bible there. But in the original language, would you believe it is one complete sentence? It is this overflowing declaration of praise by the author Paul for who God is. And it is incredible. It, it is powerful, profound theology. It reminds us that we, we uh, follow a triune God. We serve a triune God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. It, it reminds us of uh, how our salvation was purchased for us uh, in Jesus. It, it, it leads us into this powerful idea of a life lived, powered by the Holy Spirit. And that he is a seal and a guarantee of what God has for us. So there's 11 verses here that are this incredible outflowing of praise to God. And then we switch into a prayer that Paul prays uh, for the believers. So this section of praise is actually all about this new creation life, this transformed life that we have in Christ. And then we have this beautiful prayer with a couple of key points about what it looks like to live this out. So I said before, we're starting with this idea that we are blessed. One of the things I want to do, and the reason I've got it printed out here in front of me, is that I can see over and over again these key thoughts, and I want to contrast them. I want to actually say what what this um, passage says about who we are in Christ, this transformed nature we have, and I want to contrast that uh, with the way we sometimes find that we are living See, what I've discovered is that there are people who would say, I'm a follower of Jesus. I have a a relationship with God, but they've either forgotten or maybe never fully understood what that actually means. Maybe they're living like uh, we're on airplane mode with our devices, just not getting the full picture, not connected. And we can all slip. Sometimes it's because of frustrations or experiences in life. We can so easily slip into ways of behaving and acting and thinking that are contrary to this brand new kind of life. So let's talk about the totality of this new life, this new way of thinking. The first thing is that we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. You're not just scraping by. You're not just only making the grade. God has declared you blessed in Jesus if you've put your faith in him. Every spiritual blessing is yours. Let me just say that again, every spiritual blessing the work is finished in Jesus. He's not just your access point from where you have to work hard and earn your way into heaven. It's not like there's levels of blessing. It's not like you you are just hoping that maybe you're in God's good books. God's not like Santa deciding if you're on the naughty list or the nice list and actually what your life is going to look. No, you in Christ are completely transformed. You have every spiritual blessing in Christ Jesus, in heavenly realms. It's a reminder that all good things come from God, not from ourselves. And what a refreshment, refreshing idea to, to look at our world and first to, to just start saying, I am blessed. I am favored by the Most High God. That's the call on my life. Now, that doesn't mean everything goes perfectly and I'll be rolling in money and I'll get every promotion I ever go for. No, every spiritual blessing, right? All that we actually need for living this life of faith in Christ, we have in Him. He has what He has called us into, He has fully empowered us for. This reminds us that we live by the power of the Holy Spirit, every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. I'm not just looking for earthly blessings, I'm not just looking for everything to work out my way. I understand that the most incredible promise of a life right with God is a life fueled and powered by the Holy Spirit. 
We have every blessing in heavenly. We have the guaranteed victory of Christ on the cross. These blessings are established in heavenly realms. They're not down here on earth. They're not subject to exclusion clauses. They don't have best before dates. They're not uh, subject to random modifications or updates that might take things in or out of our contracts like maybe you have at work. No, these, these blessings are guaranteed and secured. They are in heavenly realms. They're out of reach of the things of this earth. Nothing can change the fact that God has called you blessed in contrast to the fact that before you and I were under the curse of sin and death. Maybe we need to be reminded that in you, God has begun a great thing and he will carry it on to completion in Christ and for his glory. He's not changing his mind about the way he sees you. You are blessed by your heavenly father. The source of these blessings is the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. You are blessed even when things feel tough because God is with you. You are blessed even uh, when things aren't working out. You are blessed with peace in uncertain times. You are secure even when the world has gone mad. You have an unchanging declaration of blessing over your life in Jesus Christ. If we read on a little bit, it says, even before he made the world, God loved and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. He chose in advance to adopt us into his family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. Again, that powerful idea of in Christ, we are included in God's plan. This is what he wanted to do and it gives him great pleasure. So we praise God for the glorious grace he's poured out on us who belong to his dear son. It says there in verse five that he has adopted us into his family. I want to tell you, you are adopted, not orphaned. You are not isolated and out there on your own, but God has adopted you right into his family. You have a brand new identity. That's what family is about. Family of origin sets up the trajectory of so much of your life. In Christ, you are part of a brand new family. You've been brought near to God, not held at a distance. God is not just giving you a distant tick of approval and then he's holding it at a distance. He has invited you into and included you in his family. You know, as his sons and his daughters, that means we have full access to his grace and to his peace. Our children have full access to everything that is good about us as parents. And you know what? God, your heavenly father doesn't have all the lumps and the bumps that we as earthly parents do. Not all the things that are out of shape, our, not just our high moments, our low moments as well. But, but we have a perfect heavenly father and in our relationship with him as sons and daughters, we have access to God's grace and peace. In fact, this is even how Paul starts this letter. This, this, this epistle to the Ephesians is all about God's grace and peace in our lives. This invitation into the family should change your outlook. It immediately gives a, a shape and a context to our lives. You see, if we just had these blessings, we could be like spoiled brats. We could just be, uh, you know, like trust fund babies living off all this good stuff. But no, we're actually not spoiled infants. We're members of a blessed family. Okay, we are blessed because of what God has called us into, not just because of who we are. This is actually a call to righteous living. I want my kids to actually live up to our family name, live up to the example that we set. There's, a, there's an inherent sense of, of who we are and how we behave uh, in that call. You know, it goes on to uh, tell us here in, in verse uh, seven and eight, he's so rich in kindness and grace that he has purchased our freedom 
with the blood of his son and he has forgiven our sins. He has showered his kindness on us along with all wisdom and understanding. You know, because you and I belong to Christ, not because of our inherent goodness, but because we belong to him, he has paid the ransom for us. He has purchased our freedom. I tell you what, I hope none of us ever have to experience this, but as a parent, if my child was being held hostage, had been held for ransom, uh, there was everything in me would pay that ransom, pay the price to get my children back. That's the way that God talks about you and I. The most precious thing to him, his only son, Jesus, was the price paid for you and I. By his blood, we have been set free. We have been purchased and brought into this incredible relationship with God. You know, you are not held captive by the enemy. You are not failing. You are not captive to sin. You are forgiven and you are set free in this brand new creation life. You are transformed, you are forgiven, and you are set free. He has paid a high price for you. And God wants you to walk in freedom as a result. Don't slip back into old ways of thinking. Don't slip back into this mindset of slavery that it's all about what we do, that you can, we, we get these mindsets sometimes that we are, you know, falling out of God's graces, that we've missed the mark. We fall, but no, 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 he has purchased you. The deal is sealed. You have every spiritual blessing in heavenly realms. He's adopted you into the family. God's attitude towards you does not change. His love towards you does not change. Verse uh, 9 to 11 goes on that says that God has revealed to us his mysterious will and plan regarding Christ, which is to fulfill his own plan. And this is the plan that at the right time he'll bring everything together under the authority of Christ, in Christ, everything in heaven and on earth. Furthermore, because we are in Christ, united with him, we've received an inheritance from God, for he's chosen us in advance and makes everything work out according to his plan. How cool is that? We are involved in God's plan and it's outworking. We are involved and included. It says we have an inheritance as well. You've got skin in the game. You're not just an observer, a bystander. You're a part of what God is doing. How incredible is that? You and I are involved in God's plan. He's revealed it to us. He's shown us that he's bringing everything together in Jesus Christ, reconciling all things to himself. You know, the Bible says that not only in, in 1 Corinthians 5, it says that we are a new creation, right, in, in Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say that God has reconciled us to himself in Christ and he's given us this ministry of reconciliation. You and I are a part of God's plan. He's wanting us to bring others to himself, to reconcile them to himself. We are a part of God's plan. We are identified, we are included, we are involved in the picture. How incredible that we're not just on duty for God, but we are involved from beginning to end. Our inheritance is secure in Him. You're not just a, a servant in the here and now, but you and I look forward to a heavenly eternal reward as followers of Jesus. We are intimately involved in what God is doing and He's intimately involved in our lives. If we read on, and verse 12, it says that God's purpose was that the Jews were the first to trust in Christ, would bring praise and glory to God. And now you Gentiles, that's you and I most likely to this day, those who are not uh, the Jews, not God's uh, chosen people, not his original nation. Good news is that God saves you. And when you believe in Christ, he identified you as his own by giving you the Holy Spirit whom he promised long ago. You and I are identified. 
We're not isolated. We are marked out as belonging to God. Don't think that God will ever forget you. Don't think that God has ever passed you by. Don't think that God has ever forgotten you. He has marked you and sealed you with the promise and the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. You know, my kids are my kids, right? doesn't matter what they do. They are still biologically my children and, and nobody can change that. You are marked and sealed as belonging to God, as his child. You have Jesus Christ living on the inside of you. You are sealed and marked by the Holy Spirit and nothing can change that. You belong to him. You are identified with Christ, not isolated and out on your own. This next passage from verse 15 to the end of this chapter actually uh, switches gear. Out of, uh, after this outflowing of praise, uh, Paul then begins to pray uh, for the Ephesians. In verse 15, he says, Ever since I heard of your strong faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people everywhere, I've not stopped thanking God for you. He says, I pray for you constantly. And he prays and he asks God uh, for a couple of key things. And, and ultimately, he's praying that not only uh, will we be new creations, he's not just declaring what God has done, but he's calling us out into this new kind of life. We'll see that further on in Ephesians. Really, we have these two things. We have this declaration about who God's people are and this call to live that way for him. And we get a taste of that here and now as Paul prays uh, for those he's writing to and hey, for us to this very day. This is the kind of prayer that you can pray over your life, over your family, over your children. He says he's praying, asking God to give you spiritual wisdom and insight so that you might grow in the knowledge of God. He says, I pray that your hearts will be flooded with light, that you can understand the confident hope he's given to those he's called, his holy people who are his rich and glorious inheritance. I love this idea that your hearts will be flooded with light. Other translations say things like that the eyes of your heart will be opened or flooded with light. There's a sense, and I, and I mean this, uh, in the in the almost the dictionary definition for this term that we are enlightened. I don't mean that in the way that culture often uses that with this, which almost talks about humanity, you know, seeing beyond spiritual things as if we are the end unto ourselves. But we are enlightened. God's light has shone shone into our lives, and this changes everything. Paul's prayer is that we would have spiritual wisdom and insight, that we would grow and know God more and more, so that we could understand our hope and our calling, understand our inheritance in God. This prayer is that we would be flooded with revelation light, that we would be enlightened. We would keep on growing and knowing God more and more. You and I haven't arrived. We can continually ask God to reveal more of himself to us. The Holy Spirit's job in your life and in my life is to reveal more of Jesus to us, to lead us more and more into his incredible presence. I love this long-range perspective that, that we have this confident hope in our calling, that we have this rich and glorious inheritance. We are God's rich and glorious inheritance, we, we are told. You know, I think so often that our present, make, present makes much more sense when we understand the big picture. We understand the hope and the calling that we have in Jesus. I don't know if you've ever tried to uh, do orienteering, you know, in a world before G immediate GPS location on your smartphone. Uh, you know, you had to figure out where you were actually before you could tell uh, how to get where you were going. Back in the days when you might, you've used maybe as a kid at school, you might have used a map and a compass. 
And with those two things and a little bit of knowledge, you can figure out how to get somewhere. But what's crucial is that you understand where you are starting from. What, what Paul is praying for us here, the praise and declaration that we read earlier is about knowing where we stand, knowing where we start. This new normal that we are living out, it is about understanding who we are in Jesus Christ. So we are living right for God and for his glory. So with this picture in mind of the end point, we can track straight and true through all that life throws at us. The hope and the calling that we have in Christ will see you through difficult circumstances. It will help you make sense of, of times that are, that are challenging, that go differently to, to what you expect. If we just have a short-term perspective, life will be so much harder. But if we can understand what God has declared over our lives that is unchanging because of who he is and his nature, boy, are you and I equipped to live out this life of faith in God in an incredible way. The final thought for us here in this amazing prayer from verse 19 through to 22, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This is the same mighty power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him in the place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. He's now above all, every ruler, every authority, anything that has been, that is, and that is to come. And God has put all these things under the authority of Christ and has made him head over all things for the benefit of the church. And the church is his body. It is made full and complete by Christ who fills all things everywhere with himself. The final thought for us here is that uh, Paul's prayer is that we would be enlightened and we would be empowered. He says, I pray that you would know the incredible greatness of God's power for us who believe him. This power, it changes everything. This power is for us and it is through us. We need to understand that, that, that verse there in both of those ways. His power for us who believe him, his power for us has transformed us. It has saved us. It has brought us out of darkness into light. Only God can do that by his power. You and I cannot do that. He has empowered us. He's also empowered us to be a part of his body, to walk out confidently this life of faith in Christ on this earth, to know that we carry the presence and the power of God wherever we go. That is his plan. We are called into his body. We are a part of his people and his plan. This is not a solo game. You and I are empowered by God to be members of his body. The church, it says, is his body made full and complete by Christ who fills everything everywhere with his presence. We are empowered because we belong to Christ. This is a reminder that there is nothing outside of his rule and his reign. There is no situation, no circumstance in your life that is outside the scope of God's strength and power. That power that is available to you and I because the Holy Spirit is living inside of us if we are followers of Jesus Christ. I want to remind you here today as we wrap up that we are blessed, we are adopted, we are free and forgiven, we are included and involved, we are identified, we are enlightened and empowered as followers of Jesus. He has transformed our lives, welcomed us into his family, called us to be a part of his body, a part of his plan and his purpose on this planet. We can't wait to unpack more of this incredible life of faith in Christ, this new normal uh, that we are all called to live out. I want to pray for you as we get ready to finish up. Lord Jesus, I thank you for your transcendent, empowering work in our lives. You have made all the difference. 
I thank you that those who know this already would be revived, right? Lord, would be invigorated in their life of faith, that we would see from this, this perspective it would be our new normal. And Lord, for those you are calling to yourself right now, who, who needed to hear today that, that uh, they are loved by their heavenly Father who has made all the difference for them, I thank you that you're speaking heart to heart, spirit to spirit, Holy Spirit, and you are drawing people to yourself, Jesus. Amen. Thanks for listening to our latest Sunday message. If you would like to find out more about our church, visit www.c3belconnen.org.au.